Hello and welcome to How We Dad. This is a little project of mine that I wanted to do for a very long time. It's all about having chats with friends and family, colleagues around how they dad, um, the role models that they've had, the influences that they've had, and just some of the underlying philosophies that they focus on when they are dadding. Talking about the experiences along the way, talking about how they have been able to get through what is probably the most rewarding job in the world, uh, being a dad. I started this for selfish reasons because I wanted to upskill myself, but it's really turned into something I'm quite proud of and being able to talk to these wonderful people has been amazing. Today we are starting off with Tristan. So Tristan is my older sister's partner. They are engaged. They have a lovely little boy named Jasper. And when Tristan came into our lives, it was like it was meant to be. Him and Emily just hit it off straight away. And it was so lovely to see how well he just fit into the fold. Um, he is a kind and gentle man. He's a bit older than most of us. So he was 45 when he had Jasper, but there's no skip. There's no missed skip in his steps. Sorry. He is vibrant. He is loving. He is caring. And you just get a sense of being comfortable around him. So please sit back, enjoy this wonderful chat that I had with Tristan about how he dads. Of course you are. You ready? Um, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. It's been something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time. Um, thank you for joining me on How We Dad. So this is just where we sit down. We have a chat about how we dad, our role models that we've had in our life, the influence, I suppose, and you know, since meeting you, since you've come to life, uh, when was that? Mean, when, when did you meet him? 2020, em? just just before COVID hit. Yeah, 2020. Yeah. So, like, as soon as you came into our lives, there was an instant connection. Like, you, you're very warm. You're very approachable. Um, you're very easygoing, and that's been evident watching you become that's a father as well. So it's it's not just Emily's life and Jasper's yeah. life that you're influencing, really nice. but Thanks. the people around you as well. So, Thanks thank you for me. coming on. I appreciate it. Um, I guess we'll start off with what are your what are your dad stats? Who who are your father to? How many do you have? How yeah, old sure. were you? Okay, I'll start let's let's dive into that when one. I had when we had Jasper was forty five. Um, so just the one. Jasper's our first boy, um, and yeah, um, me and Em we've been together for about three years now. We met in twenty twenty, just before COVID hit. Really interesting time. So. Em just came back from overseas. Um, she just loves traveling, big time travel, always, always traveling. Emily's um, my older sister, that's correct. by the way. Yep. yep. Um, and yeah, 2020 hit. We we started to form like a, a little relationship that, that bloomed pretty quickly. Um, then all of a sudden we got a big lockdown um, and moved in, which was just amazing. Um, and yeah, we just, it was, it was a really crazy time. We couldn't go out, couldn't do anything. And we, that's, kind of we didn't miss any of that we we're just together um forming a relationship learning about each other and yeah it was a fun time really fun time really cool and then yeah just took off from there yeah so you've, you've got one you said you were 45, um, 45 when jasper came along and he's my first uh nephew as well so that's pretty exciting for me um did you think you'd be a dad uh, no uh, absolutely not why not oh i just uh i guess i never thought i could do it properly I think whenever I do anything, I, like whenever I go into anything, I'd have to be 100% confident I can do it. Otherwise, I kind of 
don't. Well, not in everything, but something huge like this. I just got worried, just overthought it, and just never really wanted to. And I guess like I was never with anyone that I wanted to as well, which is that was one of the most important things. Growing up, just thinking about having kids, it didn't bother me. I was I was fine not to. Um, but yeah, and it wasn't until M came around, and I just as soon as I was with her, I, everything felt different. She's a very strong woman, um, capable of anything, and that's the key for me. Like, if, if I knew if I ever had a kid, that the mother would have to be like absolutely. Like if I brought someone into this life, I wouldn't want to bring someone into this life unless I had a partner who could who could cope and could do it. And I had so much confidence in Em about doing it. Um, and to be honest, Em, when I first met her, we didn't really talk about it, but it was like all throughout. Well, Em was thirty-five, I was forty-five kind of never thought we'd want to have kids. Um, but then, yeah, we just got talking about it and it was a weird feeling for me. It was like I was, I love this woman um, and she was my best friend and she was everything. And everything we did was awesome. And just the thought of having a family with her just just really blew my mind. Something like a, something I thought, okay, this, this would be pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Did, um, when you were growing up, like where, where, did you, where do you sit in your family growing up? So you have siblings? Siblings, yeah. I'm kind of, I guess I'm sort of kind of the middle child because I had um, my brother's about one and a half years older than me. Then I've got another little sister, um, Yaz, who's about three or four years younger. Mm-hmm. Then when I was 16, we had um, my mum and dad had another one. So I had so basically one older brother and two younger sisters. So, yeah, so it was sort of the middle, not really. It was two boys at the start, two girls, uh, uh, um, younger girls. But yeah. Sit about there. And your siblings have children? They, um, two of them do. So my older brother, he's got two. And my, my not my youngest, my youngest sister, uh, she's got two as well. And they're all they're about the same age. Um, they got, brother's got a boy, older boy, younger girl, and sister's got two girls. Yeah. And they're lovely. Like we, we've had yeah. gatherings together. Like Jasper's first birthday was something recently. Yep. Uh, we were yep. all together and... There is an age difference, but they are so lovely. The way that they were playing with Otis, for instance, um, it was just so lovely to see. And you know, they they come from a good background and a good pedigree. So, I guess for what your your parents would be massive role models to you. Uh, how yeah? How was your relationship with your father? Yeah. Um, What's your I, background? Sorry, let's dive into that. Yeah, your yeah, background for sure. Um, Dad's Indian. Yep. He's born born in India. Lived in Singapore for a bit. Um, Came to Australia when he wanted to become, when he was furthering his doctor, his medical career. Um, met mum, mum's Australian, she's from Musselbrook. Met mum at Newcastle Hospital. Yeah, right. Yeah, when she was a nurse and he was a doctor and, yeah, took off from there. Um, dad's about 15 years older than mum. But, yeah, so my relationship with the father, yeah, it, was, it was a lovely relationship. Um, I guess one of the things... With my father and growing up, um, was dad was a doctor and he was quite a, quite a passionate doctor. And it was around that time where um, things were tough yeah. back in those days. Yeah, and of course. He, yeah, he worked really hard. So he became an orthopedic surgeon, which is pretty full-on jobs, lots of hours required. But I kind of, most mornings when I woke up, um, I just saw him leave and he came back home. Around about dinner time, he tried to come home about dinner time, but of course, it couldn't happen all the time. Yeah. Um, spent a 
on the weekends, he dedicated a fair bit of time to us. Um, he took us to the sports and he was always around. He didn't really have any hobbies or anything, so everything he did was for his family. Um, going away on holidays was great. I kind of feel, because my dad was so busy in life, just, just trying to provide, just trying to create something, um, I kind of found my relationship became stronger once I got older and his work sort of slowed down. And right now, um, yeah, really close with my father. And he try, we have this little thing where me and my brother go out for, for dinners all the time. Food's a big thing for us. So around um, about a kind of, we try for about once a month. It doesn't happen now. Of course, but, yeah. Yeah, but all is happening. But yeah, it was um, it, never anything bad. The biggest thing I remember about my dad is he was always like, you know, it never mattered what we did to him or if we got angry or swore at him. But if you do it to my mum, it's like, watch out. So it was all big time respect for the mum. So that was a cool lesson to learn. So you, you say he, he had some pretty strong values that he passed on to you siblings and, and one of them being family. Like you were saying that his hours as a doctor probably mm. didn't allow him to be around family as much as he'd like to, but yeah. when he was there, he was present? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Always present. Um, uh, you know, at times he was on call, so he, he got called away, which he, he really it frustrated him. But yeah, definitely when he could, he was always present, always helping mum. So as soon as he came home, anything the mum needed, because mum had it pretty tough. She, she brought up, um, four kids and there was a time where she wasn't driving that my grandma helped me out but I don't know I just see what it's like with one little kid and I'm just I don't know how it happened like it's, it's crazy isn't it like oh. I've only got one as well but you just think how how did they do it yep. how did they do it they did it when interest rates were through the roof as well like yep. we're complaining now that they've gone up to 7% uh, yep. which is nothing in comparison yeah like 18 um, or something yeah yeah absolutely ridiculous and then to see, like, it's lovely to hear that in the time that he did have, he made sure that he was present and that he was putting all of his effort into the children, had mum's back, it sounded like, no matter what. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Which yeah. is another just, I guess, um, do, you, do you find that your father and, and your mum, of course, but your parents' values, um, they obviously shape you as a person, but do you find you putting any of those values into place now that Jasper's here? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if it's something naturally I do, but it's definitely I'm always like mum's number one sort of thing. Um, and, again, I don't know if it's natural it's just me, but I feel like I'm always helping around the house and little things. It's a, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm the most, the best, awesome partner in the world, but I kind of understand. Yeah, I guess that's it. I understand how much M goes through just seeing what my mum goes through, and I want to come back and help as much as I can. I mean, I kind of like – so at the moment, M's, M's a stay-at-home mum. I get to, I go out and work all day. What hours are you working? Uh, I'm working, it's just, it's, it's not too bad. It's like a, I work at Newcastle City Council, uh, uh, Lake Crow City Council. Hours are pretty good. It's just like a nine to five job. Um, uh, we do, we do a, a nine day fortnight, which means every second Friday I get off, which is great. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the work is, it can be intense and um, stressful at times. I kind of feel like I must have the better end of the deal because I get to, be here with him and, and be here with a the family, then I get to go away and I get to talk to other people and have an adult life. So I really like, understand that, oh, I, I don't understand, but I can really you know, get the grasp of how, how, much, how hard it is for him just to be here all the time. She loves it. She wouldn't change it for the world. She, she um, I mean, of course, you know, I think she wants to exercise her brain in different ways and, and work, but I think she, she's happy to stay here and look after him all day. 
Um, but yeah, I, but as soon as I get home, I'm like, okay, you sit down, you have a rest, you read your book. She loves, she's a big time reader and that's one thing she loves to do. So I try to do that as much as I can when I come home and it's not hard because I enjoy it. I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm probably like you, I can't just sit down and watch endless TV. Yeah. I used time. to be able to absolutely used really? to be able to. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like I'd come home. Um, this is you know before I was living at like when I was living at home. Like you'd come home from work or from uni or whatever, and you you could veg out. Um, absolutely yep. veg out. But now that once you know you've got a little one, and and you do realize, and it's always in the back of your mind when you're at work that you know mum's been at home, and especially now, like Otis is eighteen months. So when I get home, or even holidays. So when I'm on holidays, Bridget still works. And then I get the full day with Otis and I love Otis. Like there is nothing more that I want to do than hang out with him, but it is really hard not to. And I guess this is what Bridget and Emily do um, daily is when we do come home from work to kind of go, oh, I can relax a little bit and it's up to us and it's no chore whatsoever. Yeah. And in a way it kind of helps you if you've had a cruddy day, it helps you put that aside or even for the couple of hours that you get to. And, you know, we acknowledge that there are parents, there are dads, mums that, don't get to see their kid uh, because of work. So Absolutely, yeah. we're both quite fortunate that we do get to spend, whether it's an hour or two hours either side of going or coming home from work, that we do get to hang out with them. Because there were days I remember when I wouldn't see dad. So he would go to work at 5.30 in the morning and he wouldn't get back until 6.30 in the evening. And, um, yeah, there'd be days where you wouldn't see him. But, again, to, to his credit, on those long, like now it's daylight savings, um, he would always say yes. And I think that's something that's really stuck with me and something that I want to do with Otis and future children. No matter what kind of day I've had, I need to be able to put that aside. And if they say, hey, Dad, do you want to come out and kick the footy? Yeah, I do. Even if it's, not, even if it's I, something that I really don't want to do, I'm buggered, I've had a, like a horrible day, I just want to sit down. But if they come up to me and say, hey, Dad, do you want to go play with some Lego? Yeah, of course I do. Of course I do. My face is always going to say yes. Um, and then you'll find like when you're in those tasks that your day goes away. Yep. And, you know, we're, we're both still on our, on our parenting journey. We're both very, like Jasper's only just turned one. Um, Otis is 18 months. So we've got plenty of, plenty of time to, to anchor these things down. Um, who would you say your role models are for being a dad? So is there anyone that can be a sports person? It can be a TV personality. It could be your parents. Like who's someone that you go, that's the type of dad that I want to be or even yeah. husband even like that's, that's the male role model that I want to be. It's um, a, a part of it is definitely my brother, Damien, older brother. I do like Damien. He's, yeah. he's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's so dry, but just Very so dry. funny. <laughs> yeah. Thanks man. He gets it. He gets it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess one of the things. How old's his oldest? His oldest is 11. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I guess one of the things I've noticed about Damien, the way he fathers, is, is how he's always got, and it's funny, like you talk about how you, your dad always had time for you. I find Damien's always got time for his son in a bit of a different way. His son's, he goes through those stages. He's like, um, he comes naughty. Oh, he's preteen. Yeah. 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 Is it, Damien's in the tough part. We're in the, we're in the good part at the moment. And Damien, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's on the horizon of teenagerhood. Yeah, he's got it coming. He does, and he's. I think it's been coming like for a while because I remember going to Darwin. He's a good little kid. He's just an active kid, and he's just he's got a. He's brain a great boy. Him. Yeah, great boy. Yeah. I'm not knocking him in any way, um, but 
I found like any any family events, we're all talking and we're all just having some fun, talking and just having a few drinks. But any time his kid was either been a little bit naughty, been a bit whingy, he'd always stop and go and and talk to him. And like if he did something bad or or whatever, he'd always go up to him say, "Tell me what you're feeling. What why are you doing this? Not just just nobody else stop." Yeah, not not reactive. Yeah. Not just reactive. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Not get impatient with him and actually talk through and try and work out what it was. And I thought it was pretty cool because I see a lot of fathers and I get it. I'll just get frustrated and just yell. And then it means nothing to the kid. And the kids, I think the kid sometimes wants attention. And I saw my brother always go over and give that attention a good way. Sort of thing. So, yeah. There's, there's um, a study, um, and this is taking it back to the primary school realm, that misbehavior can be categorized as two things attention seeking or connection seeking and what i see damien do and i saw him do it at jasper's first birthday um you know the kids were ready to jump in the pool but we decided to do cake so they were there in their swimmers they were just about getting the pool and they were pretty bummed um but they could also see that cake was on the horizon but the way that damien spoke to um what's the boy's name it's atticus the way that he spoke to him just said mate this isn't your time right now. Like I understand you're frustrated, but we can get a bit of cake in your guts and then you can go just bananas in the pool. So let's just celebrate with Jasper. And the way he did that, it, it just, it's, you know, what you've been saying as well. So I'm guessing that, yeah, he's, he's a big influence in your dadding. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of remember um, at one point where we, me and him talked about the whole thing. We wanted to do it. She got pregnant pretty quick. And I kind of freaked out a little bit. So, and I was just trying to, I didn't like, I was happy and I was excited, but there was so much doubt in my mind about me being a father. So, and I was just like, oh, like, I don't want to feel that doubt. I don't want to feel like this. I remember speaking to Damien and I said like, what, like, you've always wanted to be a father. What do you find about it? Why is it so good to you? And he said something just really stuck in my head and it still sticks in my head. He said, uh, I just find purpose in life, having my kid. And I completely, completely see that now. You just feel like you have a different purpose. I don't know what my purpose was before, but I do have a purpose now. And that's just my family. Yeah. Sort of thing. And that's, that's, I couldn't have said it better myself. Like that's exactly how I felt when Otis <clears> came <throat> to the world. And, you know, it was, we had a, a pretty interesting birth. Um, yes. Now our birth stories are quite similar, yeah. uh, if I remember correctly. But it was in that moment where Otis was first lifted up over the curtain, and um, that's just when it hit me. Right. Like this is this is what I was supposed to do. Um, I, I need to do everything that I can to guide this young boy uh, mm. through his life journey, and it kind of it's it's the the human brain such a funny thing because now I wish that I had this brain at eighteen. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and kind of realize that my parents are just people trying their best yeah, and they're still yeah. on their first go around this world. Mm. Um, mm. And I hope that, you know, I can, I can also mirror some of the characteristics of my parents towards Otis. But you're right, what Damien said there about purpose, it just, yeah. it's exactly what it felt like. Yeah. I have purpose. Like this is, this is what I was meant to do. Yeah. 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 I think you'd need that as a human too. And yeah. Like, well, it helps. Yeah. It definitely helps. But. Not saying have a kid uh, if you're feeling no. lost in the world <laughs> or if you're 100%. feeling unsure about yourself, have a kid. Uh, definitely do it with the right person. <laughs> yep. But it, it does. It, it brings purpose um, 
into your life and that's that's super lovely. Yeah. In your friendship group, um, so like your group of mates that either went to high school, uni or whatever with, uh, where do you sit in terms of having children? So were you the first, were you the last? Like where where do you sit? Yeah, I was, I was definitely the last uh, of them. Um, and again, I never thought I'd, 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 I'd be doing, uh, I'd go down that route. Um, a lot of them had them pretty early. So I think any of my friends, the, the kids are like 10, 15 years old now. And I think the ones that don't have kids won't have kids at this point in time. Yeah. Um, it, it's like, yeah, I've got, I've got like a friend in, in Sydney who's, who's actually thinking about it. He's, he's a close friend. He's actually thinking about it. And he was asking me like a few questions when Em was pregnant. Um, haven't had much time. haven't really connected with him again. I will. Um, but yeah, it's a kind of, I think now having kids at this age, I think I'll like, this is someone, something someone else told me as well. You sort of get, you sort of become friends with different people, like friends with kids that have kids sort of thing. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. I'm looking forward when he starts to do sports or when he goes to school, there might be other couples that me and him just, um, get along with and we form some different relationships. So yeah, I'm kind of yeah looking forward to that next journey. Your circles do do go outwards, don't they? Mm. Um, yeah, but I think you've also got to be willing to accept those friendship circles when they come your way. Yes, yeah. um, it's easy to be, and I fall into this all the time. It's easy to be the not the grumpy dad, but just the one that just is there for the reason that you're there, and then to get out. That's so me. Yeah, that's so me. Yeah, and I'm working really hard to try not to be that person. Um, just where, especially to try and be that role model of meeting new people is, is such a good thing. Mm. And it was probably in uni when I, cause I was a bit older than the, the people that went to uni in my, my cohort, I was probably five years older than everyone just cause I went overseas, played cricket, did all that, didn't know what I wanted to do until um, later in life. And my first year of uni, I just went in, did the classes, got out, in and out, in and out. It wasn't there. I wasn't there to make friends. I had friends. I didn't need new friends. It wasn't until my first prac in second year that I met um, someone who I'm still really close friends with, Blake. And that kind of just opened doors to going, oh, okay, well, you are, you're here for four years. You might as well make the most of it. And it wasn't until then in meeting Blake that I went, oh, no, these, even though I am older, um, I can still connect with these kids. And they're not kids. They're, they're young adults. I can still connect with these people. And I guess one of the fears, and it's something that you touched on, was I always had this narrative, narrative in my head that I didn't want to be an old dad. And when I say old, like I'm 32, and I thought if I didn't have a kid before 30, then I'm an old dad. Uh, again, I wish I had my 32-year-old brain back then because <laughs> I still feel 16. Yep. My body might not agree with that. Um, but it was, I don't know, it was a, an irrational fear that I had of being an old dad that I wouldn't be able to keep up. I wouldn't be able to go and kick the ball with Junior. Um, but that's completely gone now. Like you being 45, how do you feel about being a dad at 45? Yeah, interesting question. Um, I, I worry a little bit um, about getting older and not being able to do the things. But I don't know, I exercise every day. I, I stretch every day. I, I, I keep, I eat healthy. So I think it's all in the mind, as you said. Um, obviously... And obviously, I'm going to be an older-ish dad. My dad's 86 now. Is he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't move like one. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, man. And that's it's because he does his exercise. He looks after himself. He exercises his brain. So, 
there's no change in it, but you can, I guess now, make sure you don't be an old dad. You don't, you know, excessive drinking or eating crap or any of that sort of stuff. I think you just got to be mindful of all that sort of stuff. It was, um, I was listening to someone talk and it was about how they, you know, they love a beer. We all love a beer. Um, but they said that they would never, never be drunk in front of their children. And I just thought that that's one, I thought, wow, do people really actually have to say that? But I guess people do. And it's great that there are people out there recognizing that if I'm going to be a role model, then I don't ever want to see, I don't ever want my kid to see me in that situation. Like I'll go to the pub, I'll enjoy a beer for dinner, but I'm not going to be legless. Uh, I don't know. It just, that's just one thing that stuck out of me is being, I guess that sort of role model in many different ways. It's not just about being a dad. It's also about, you know, teaching them that you can look after yourself. You can prolong things. You can persist in things. And it's hard. Like, Eating healthy, looking after yourself, exercising can be tiresome, can be hard. But if you're thinking in longevity and time in the game, then if you want to extend that time, then that's definitely some way, uh, an avenue to do. I guess another, I just want to come back to your dad being Indian. Indian father. Yep. Um, do you think that there was any cultural influences on his parenting? So like his parents, for instance. Yep. So where were they from? Yeah, they're, they're both from India. Um, Whereabouts in India? North India, I'm from North India. Have you been? Um, yeah, a long time ago, back in 2000. I don't remember much of it. It's somewhere we definitely want to go. Um, they're actually going back next month um, with my, my youngest sister and her husband. So that, that'd be pretty cool. It's India's changed so much. But um, yeah, I mean, my dad's mom died when he was about 16. And not long after that, dad's dad passed away. But yeah, you, Ask the question about what sort of stuff he brings in. Apart from the food, I think mum learnt to cook the food just to, I guess, to impress him a bit and just to make him feel at home. Um, it was really nice Indian, so we, we really enjoyed that. There was this thing called the Tamil Sangam when I was growing up where every now and then we all just got together, like a whole Indian culture in Newcastle got together. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I remember the food and playing around with the kids. But apart from that, no, it was being brought up was yes there's not much he brought in to it well um, i guess like i'm just picking apart what you're saying but i guess a sense of community yeah like and if that comes with the culture then i guess that's that's definitely something like just listening to you talk about it one of the things that you remember quite fondly is the kids and playing and then the food yeah it's amazing how food brings people together yeah um so i guess yeah that would be one of the things that that he's brought from his culture would be that sense of community. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's interesting you say that because to this day we have these things called curry. Um, curry swaps. Yeah. It's like in Bluey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, and in, um, it made me think now, in, around Easter, Good Friday, mm-hmm. we always do a, this curry day. And you talk about curry swaps. The first curry day that M was a part of, it was COVID. So we couldn't all get together. So what we did, everyone, all the families made made a dish. So I, I made I made a dish. Um, I forget what I made, but Em also made curry puffs. So she's yeah. she's she's good at Mum Mum made curry puffs when we were growing up. I think right. um, that right, could have right, been right. from her mum, so from Nana. Right. But Emily always loved curry puffs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was cool because that was her contribution. What happened? We we all made the stuff. It was a full lockdown, so no one could go anywhere. Yeah. But somebody ended up picking up the food. So we got all our food, we put it outside. 
someone came around, picked all the food up, went to mum and dad's house, sorted it out. So we got like about five different curries from all the different families, four or five. And then we came home and we did a Zoom meeting and we ate it all in front of each other again and had a chat. So someone like came and collected all the food yeah. and then redistributed the food yep. and then you ate it over Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is amazing. It was cool. But it was, again, yeah. that's that sense of community. That's yeah. that, if that's a cultural, like if that's come from your father's background mm. and, you know, that's being from your, you and your mother being raised around that as well, that's outstanding. Yeah. yeah. That's so fun. You were just, I forgot about that story. Yeah. You just made me think about it. A little curry cool. swap. Yeah. Um, I guess like moving forward and COVID was definitely hard, but we, we were fortunate enough not to be parents during COVID. I couldn't imagine being a parent during COVID. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be rough. Yeah. What, what would you put down in the first year of Jasper? What's probably been one of the toughest things that you've had to navigate as a dad or as a husband or soon to be yeah. husband? It's definitely the time you get. Um, so I guess when I say the time, I guess let's, before Jasper, me and Em had a relationship. We had a lot of time to do whatever we wanted to do. It's amazing how much time you had, didn't it? Like, oh, how did we have yeah. that much time? I don't know. And why did we waste it? <laughs> yeah. What did we do? Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. But we had a little routines and like we, me and Em watched, um, I talk about TV, but we actually did watch a fair bit of TV at night. Em's really good at picking like series, finding series with Netflix and just, just watching it. Yeah. Yeah, she's my go-to when I want to recommend something or, or talk about yeah. something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we had a lot of time to do that, a lot of time to plan dinner and just plan the day and just pot around the house and just clean up and go away on little weekends away. Um, so I think the, the biggest thing I, I, I struggle with, the biggest challenge I have, is I kind of like a, a tidy house, so does Em, and we, like I like, a, like to upkeep the house and we got it. A backyard that needs a bit of upkeep in a pool, just every, just bits and pieces of everything, and you sort of you just at that age you can't do two things. You can't. It's sometimes I can carry him while I'm doing the um, doing the vacuuming. He's, he's a pretty heavy boy. He's, over- he's a dense boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So- you start to hold him, and I've actually got shoulder problems now from holding him. You've got to look after yourself too. You're 45. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. But I can feel my shoulder click here and there yeah. sort of thing. It won't stop me from carrying him around. But it's very limited what you can do. And it's like you – it's funny, but it is a challenge. But I find the time I have, I use it quite wisely. So if I'm awake, I'll get heaps done before he wakes up. And if I've got M takes him for an hour, he goes to sleep. Yeah, so you just, I guess you just adjust. They're challenges, but you kind of fix it up and everything works out. I mean, some, your house isn't as tidy. There's dust places. Um, sometimes you don't get the meals you want to cook right sort of thing or, or, or planned, but it all works out. So I guess what you're saying is like the hardest part is relaxing on those sort of high standards of upkeep or yeah, that's, that's been one of the biggest challenges? For you yep. so far is just kind of relaxing there. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, we're going to have to pause there because I think we just lost the camera. I guess what I wanted to bring up because you've spoken about letting go and, and talking about time. One thing that's sitting back and just observing that's been really impressive is yours and Emily's ability to get out of the house. Yeah. So this is probably something that Bridget and I struggled with. Um, we we had a completely different approach. We, we bunkered down. Mm-hmm. So you can either open your arms, let everyone come in and help, 
or you can bunker down. So Bridget, right. her mum came in and helped a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's probably something that I dropped the ball on. Um, I, I wanted to bunker down. I wanted to just do it all myself. Yep. And that's probably something that, you know, my pride probably had to take a back seat at that point. Um, but it didn't. And that's, yep. that's just one thing that if uh, when number two comes around yep. that I'm going to try and do better is not just, um, just bunker down and, and see if I can do it myself. So I guess what I'm saying is your, the way that you and Emily go on holidays, the way that you and mm. Emily uh, get out of the house, go on little day trips, just would you say that that's probably one of your core values as a parent is to, to get out and about? Because we are so lucky. Like we both live on the doorstep of the lake, like, yeah. For both of us, the lake is under two minutes and we're on the water. So would you say that that sense of adventure is one of your parenting core values? Yeah, interesting question. So I have to say first up, to Emily's credit, that's, that's all Emily. All this getting out, all this going away, these holidays. Because it's what she loved to do It, it is, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, credit to Emily for actually having the energy to do it and even more credit because I always stick my feet down. And like, no, we can't, we can't afford it, we can't do this, can't do that. And every time we go away, I end up having an amazing time. And I feel bad. It's just just who I am. I'm a warrior. I'm an overthinker. Um, but Em just knows, knows what's best sort of thing. And it's like we, we went away. I remember this little, little trip. We went to Cost, just but Cost Harbour. And, it, you know, it was, things were getting hard. Um, we had the kid and just the thought of going away with the kid just having to bring everything, um, I was just thinking, this is going to be too hard. We're not going to enjoy it. But we loved it. We absolutely loved it. And she's great at doing it. She's great at leading it, pushing. Um, but, yeah, like, yeah, it's one of the core values. And <laughs> I, don't, I can't give myself too much credit, but I think it is. It definitely is. And we have this awesome time. And I don't know, I don't, I don't know if he's going to remember a lot of the stuff we do, but we are. And it's, it's about our journey too. And it's about being with him and, and enjoying that time and having these memories. And like you go through, I'm going, we're going next in, in, in two weeks to the UK. Mm, big trip. Big trip. Big trip. Um, yeah, big concern about it, but I know it's going to turn out just like everything else. It's going to be awesome. I've just been going through pictures now because I'm trying to clear some pictures because I know we're going to take heaps of pictures there. And it's cool. Like you, you run through, I'm doing it month by month, and it brings back these memories and these thoughts you had. And I'm sometimes down with him looking after him and he always laughs when he sees a picture of himself. So he can, it's cool he can see it. But I guess when he gets older, we'll show him the pictures and show him what he did and show him these adventures we went on and keep going on these adventures. So Yeah, I was about to say, I don't see it stopping anytime soon. And <laughs> I guess that was one thing that I can kind of see where it's come from with them because we were fortunate enough to have timeshare growing up. Yes. So mum and dad would put us all in the car and we'd go to Coffs Harbour every year. And just realising now, how hard that would have been uh, to do to take three children to yeah. coughs. And this was before all the highways were, were put in. It took, you know, a good day to get there. You'd have That's to go right. through all the towns. You didn't bypass, you know, Kempsey Tari, all those ones. Um, to, it's a, just another nod to, to mum and dad, um, probably more mum with the organising yeah. and, and getting everyone there. But dad, when we did get there, would just, uh, again, would never say no. Do you want to go play tennis? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Do you want to go play basketball? Yeah, okay. Do you want to go play mini golf? Yeah, okay. Dad, I want to go up to the arcade. Do you want to come? Yeah, okay. So well. it's, um, it is a team, uh, a team thing, but I guess that's probably where Emily mm. has that installed in her, that sense of adventure, that sense of 
you know, no, let's go, let's go make these memories. And it's something that I said from outside looking in is really cool yeah. Um, yeah. to see that you guys are just doing it straight away Thanks, and definitely something that, you know, we're, we're looking to try and pull more into to our parenting style and, you know, we're, we've got a couple of trips I like in the in the pipelines coming up, so yeah, it's it's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, I guess the next sort of point is what is something, and again, we're only very early on our dad journey, and this is the whole reason why I'm doing this podcast is yeah. to gather pearls of wisdom. Um, but what what would be a standout dad moment for you that you went, oh, I nailed that. It could even like it doesn't have to be a you thing. Mm-hmm. It could be if you saw somebody else do it. But what is just something that stuck with you that you went nailed that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, it's on his first birthday. Um, we were. I was in a bit of a rush going to work. Um, and just before we left work, so this is actual birthday, not his party. Um, this actual birthday. Yes, eleventh yes. October. Actual birthday. So. I woke up, did all my stuff. I have to. I I like to get to work on time. Um, looked after the kid for a little bit, and went to take it back to M. Him back to M. Jasper back to M. <laughs> the kid. Yeah, got stop calling that. Um, and then M goes, "Oh, should we do some presents?" And I was like, "Oh, not much time, but you know, it's his birthday. Of course, I'm going to say yes." And so we got in there, did the presents. It was kind of cool. Um, Got to work, just had a fair bit going on. Em said something, oh, did you, did you look at that? She sent some sort of um, movie on WhatsApp. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll just have a quick look. On the way to work, I was watching that. And she put on a little thing. It's, there's an app called A Second A Day. Mm, I saw this. Yeah. yeah. and Only featured in two seconds, Emily. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> two seconds. <laughs> um, so, so A second a day for a year, isn't it? Yeah, that's the concept. Yeah. Yeah. And it started off with this picture of him on his when he was being born, sort of thing. We was, we got a whole bunch of pictures. So it started on that. And then it just went round. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And I was in this bit of a, a mood at the time and I looked at it and I just I just stopped. I was walking to the to work trying to get there on time. And I just stopped just to watch the whole thing. And I'm not like a person that cries much, but I, I had some tears. It was just amazing. And it just saw a lot of us doing stuff. It, so it goes a second a day. Some are still pictures. Some are um, little like well, one-second movies because Apple has that live thing, which is awesome. And you can hear, hear what's going on. It's him giggling. Some of them looking really tired. And it's just I just sat and watched the whole thing. And I was like, wow, that's a whole year. And you just saw him grow. And you just saw how much, like, this is what it's all about. And I, was, I don't know. Like I was a bit grumpy. It was like it just light me up completely, and I ended up ringing him and saying, oh, "I'm sorry, I, I know I was a bit grumpy, and she didn't even notice." <laughs> I was, and I just said, "That was amazing. That's like it really touched me." Um, and just seeing that, seeing bits of the family yourself was in there two seconds. No, only two seconds. Yeah, <laughs> lots of Megan, but anyway. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, and it just just made me think, "Wow, that's that's cool." And your dad wrote something on because he saw it as well and just said, well, you, you and Em have done such a great job. And I didn't think about it because it's just what you do. But I guess, but yeah, we, I guess we have done a great job. It wasn't hard. Like, it was hard, but it wasn't like uh, – it's just natural. comes back to that purpose that you were talking about earlier. Exactly right. comes yeah. back to that purpose. I want to touch on – because we, we had similar birth stories. When I, when I say we, it's Emily and Bridget. Like, yep. we, we didn't do much. Like, <laughs> we were there. We were supportive. We tried our best. What was your experience of the birth? 
Yeah. Um, interesting. So I'll go through the whole story. Uh, I would have been, I can't remember, exactly remember the dates, but her, her water broke in the middle of the night. So I'm like, okay, cool. It's, it's going to come soon. I uh, went to the doctors. They, they checked up everything. They said, okay, that's, that's, you know, it's, it's going fine. Just go back. You're best going back home. You don't want to stay at the hospital. Um, and then I think she, um, they started to come on in, in the, in contractions, contractions, yep. contractions. Um, and then they stopped sort of thing. And we kind of worked out that when she was calm and relaxed, they were coming on. But when like we're up going to hospital and that sort of stuff, it, or she was a bit stressed out and overthinking stuff, they, they started to go away. So a short of it, it was about two days she was in basic labor for. Um, so we were at the hospital and just waiting for the whole thing. And she got to a point where she got into a fair bit of pain. And Emily can handle pain. So I could just see in her face. and. She wanted to have a natural one, but the, I just saw her in the face and I thought, nah, you need to, you need to have the epidural. Epidural. Yep. Epidural. Um, and it's kind of, she just looked at me and she just, oh, she's like, oh, I can't, I can't. So Emily, as you know, is a very competitive person. She doesn't like to, she sets her mind to something. So I tried my hardest to say, nah, you need to do this. You need to, this is, you tried hard. It's not, you haven't failed anyone. Which is so hard to come from mm. the male perspective, like we're not going through it, but we're watching this person that we love ever so dearly go through this magical yet horrific experience and we just want the best for them. Yeah. And sometimes we can, it's not that we're overplaying our hand, but our concern is for our partner oh, yeah. in that time and, of yep. course, the baby as well. So we just, we just want the best. Um, but Mum was there as well, wasn't she? Yep. Mum was there too. Yep. Did Emily too. listen to Mum at all? Um, no, I think your mum just knew when to be quiet. So that's fair. <laughs> I think she, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a hard. It was, it was lovely that your mum was there. I think it was it was nice for yeah. Because Bridget have... had her mum there as well. That's right. Yeah. And I remember going. Sorry to jump in your story, but no. our birth stories are just so similar. Mm. I remember the same thing. Bridget wanted natural. Didn't want the epidural. Wanted to deliver vaginally. Like just she wanted to do it. Like she knew that she could do it. She wanted to. But it was after. Hours and hours of labor and seeing her in intense pain and then the dilation not happening the way it should. Um, and Deb and I, that's Bridget's mum, we had a little conversation during one of the, the lows of, of um, the contractions and we just said that she, she's tried really hard. It's been hours. Let's talk about epidural. But we also, we had the same um, because you're in the the group practice as well for yeah, yeah. for the yeah of course yeah. yeah so was Maggie your midwife? Oh, we just missed out because she had to go. All right, so away. we we had Maggie and she was lovely, but both Deb and I knew that we couldn't say this to Bridget. Yep, Maggie was the one. She was our in. She was our way that we could voice our concerns and you know us three people standing back watching this very powerful woman go through this magical experience. Um, but it wasn't until Maggie just put a hand on her shoulder, whispered in her ear and said, you've tried your best. You've done so well. I think it's time. Mm. And Bridget listened to, and Deb and I both shared a look of, <laughs> oh, thank goodness. <laughs> but that still wasn't the end. So epidural? Yeah, yeah epidural. Um, that, I think, that broader things. Uh, uh, yeah, she had, like, we felt like we are going the right way. Um, I think we dilated a fair bit. and like. The boy was halfway through and just didn't move for a while. And it was just like, 
it was getting a little concerning to be honest because we knew it was it was it was taking a while but we had a lot of good help like the the midwives were amazing that were there and they were so careful that they're so like caring for Emily um and it wasn't until one of the doctors came in and um they were talking about you know how far she didn't just like checking them out and then something was said about when the water break and the answer was given and we said no 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 it's it's it was a day earlier than that that was and and I could see the doctor and the concern in her face, sort of thing. And it's because the risk look, of infection goes through the roof. The risk of yeah, other other dramas coming to play. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. And yeah, it was that point in time where she just she started talking about like we're going to have to look at going through a um a C section. And straight away, I was like, we're doing it, sort of thing. Like if they're suggesting it, then we've got to do it. It's just like you just whatever they suggest, you do, sort of thing. So. Yeah, and then it all happened so quick. It does. Yeah, it, it was it was quite funny. Well, not funny, but it was one of the things we were wondering about because it was at that point it was the tenth of October, and then we we're just trying to figure out is he going to be born the tenth or the eleventh? Because my brother's born the eleventh. Yep, yep, yep. So in the end, it was quite cool. He was born the eleventh, and my brother loves the fact that he shares a birthday. But I know it's pretty silly. But <laughs> no, it's nice. Yeah. I um. Yeah, one of my good mates, Hayden, his son was born on the 30th of June. So Hayden, when he let me know, he's like, look, I know that's your birthday and I'm so sorry. And I said, no, no, look, I'm still annoyed about it. Um, but I said to him, I've had it for 30 years. Yep. Noah can now have it. But as soon as Noah turns 30, I want it back. <laughs> so Noah, when Noah's 30, I get my birthday back. Nice it's not Noah's birthday anymore. It's back to mine. So I guess like the reason I want to bring that up is Sometimes as the partner, male or female, when you're not the one giving birth, you can feel pretty useless. Mm. And sometimes there are, there are points where you're trying your best as well, but then there's also times where you want to pull back the whole way. How, how, are you, how are you supporting Emily during that time? Yeah, it was, it was difficult. Because I, I, you're not you're ready just, for it. You're not ready for it, yeah. No matter how many classes you go to, how many t- people you talk to, you're still not ready for it. Absolutely. And, like, I'd, just looking back now, I don't know what I could have done any differently, like, to improve it or make things worse because I know what M's like. I know, like, you say, do you need any help? And that's all you can do. And you can just say, you're doing a great job sort of thing. Um, and it's just tricky because you just you – don't, you don't want to be in the way, but you don't want to – be distant yeah, you don't want to be absent well. yeah exactly right yeah and it was just it was hard and you just seeing the person you love go in so much pain and you're about to have a kid and there's worries there as well like if yeah it's not going towards you're not going how you see it and birth and friends sort of thing and you know it doesn't doesn't happen perfectly you know there's something going wrong um obviously got i've obviously heard of you know a childbirth is so anything go wrong like people die during like both sort of thing and that's a scary thought that's a really scary thought it so. is and then i guess like you were in the same boat where baby boy lifted up there yeah. he is beautiful he's taken over here it's like do i stay with mum or do i go oh. and bridget actually had the she was i don't know how she had the she's just so amazing but the before we went into surgery we were sitting in the little room before they wheeled us in and she said when otis well we didn't know it was going to be otis but when when baby comes out you go over with, all right? So I'll be fine. They'll look after me. You go over. But I still remember I was torn between, like, 
where yep. she, I know she wants me to go over to where Otis is, but you're also here cut open, um, yeah. struggling, um, losing lots of blood, um, heaps going on here. And she, it wasn't until a couple of, or well, a couple of months after, because there was still a lot of trauma around it. And I guess that's probably something that I can do better for next one uh, is just understanding that trauma and that, um, you know, you need to process what happened and that takes so much time. Like people talk about um, postnatal depression, which, you know, I don't think Bridget had, but there were definitely flashbacks and, you know, reminders of, of what happened. And I think that's moving forward, that's something that I'm going to be a lot more mindful of uh, when number two comes around, if we're lucky enough to have number two. Yep. Just to, you know, that Bridget's still a person. Like this, yeah. she's still a person. So were you torn between I need to go over here or do I stay here? Like <laughs> rocking a hard place. It was the single hardest thing I've had to deal with in my life. Yeah. It really was. And the, the whole whole birth and everything, that point in time, just because like it was it's funny because he was inside him. And he was, he was perfectly safe. Then, as you said, Em's being cut open and the kids on the other, the boys on the other side of the room. And you go, so I was just going from one to another and just making sure he's all right and then making sure Em's all right. I just, I did not enjoy that at all. It was, it was hard. And like, eventually it was great. We could all be together. And I just thought something that was really hard for me is that Em hadn't seen him yet. I hadn't touched him yet. We had all this idea of doing the, the breast call thing. It's yeah, called. yeah. 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 Very and hard was, when you're cut open from the waist down. Absolutely. Yeah. It was just another thing that didn't go right for us. Yes. It just felt like the whole day nothing went right. And I think yeah, Em's smart enough because like, yeah, like to understand, you've got this perfect idea in your, in your head. And Em's a big reader, as you know, as she reads into everything and she's been talking to me about everything. And yeah, and it's just, I mean, it's, it's hard enough when one or two things don't go right, but I just felt nothing was going right. In the day, we had a healthy boy. And we, we had a boy and everything was fine. So no regrets there. Like, no, no, I'm not upset about anything. But, yeah, definitely having... It's still okay to feel bummed about it, though. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> it's still okay to, to say that nothing went as to plan. Mm. Uh, nobody plans to, you know, have those sorts of traumatic births. Yeah. Um, but it is all right to recognise that, you know, that part sucks. <laughs> but then, yeah. as you said, you've got a healthy baby boy, oh, yeah. uh, a healthy mum looking after. Yep. And I guess that's, in a way, with the C-sections, it kind of brings our role as the partner into it a little bit more um, because I was purely looking after Bridget because I just didn't need me. <laughs> like not at that point, maybe for the odd cuddle to go to sleep or the warm body to lie on. Yeah. Like I loved skin to skin. Like that was yeah. still one of my favourite things. And I, You try and do it with him now and he buggers off. But really for the first couple of months, we're looking after mum. Mm. And we're making sure that she's well fed, that she's as well rested as you can be. Yep. But there are times where you feel pretty useless, especially um, during breastfeeding. So you can go in with all good intentions of, you know, I can resettle him, I can help. But no, you can't. You don't have boobies. <laughs> he, he needs he needs his milk. Yep. Like you 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 um, rendered redundant sometimes, and I guess that's where I struggled as well, in terms of feeling that I felt a little bit useless in terms of what Otis needed at that time. Now I don't. Like, that, that soon passes. But I think it's okay to also recognise those feelings of, oh, I'm not really doing much. Like, I'm looking after Bridget, I'm looking after the house, but I don't feel like I'm doing much. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
when you got a yeah, when when, when you got a baby there, and that's that's all about the baby, and you just feel like you're doing anything extra. You're not, you're not the main person doing doing anything really. And yeah, it, it, I, I struggled a bit with that, um, but just I guess. Yeah. Again, again, knowing that you're looking after your partner, and I was looking after him, and you're right because they can't bend over, they can't pick anything heavier, yeah, and they're they're, they're in can't so much drive. pain, can't drive, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's insane what they have to go through. I had they had major surgery, yeah, exactly, like, it's bizarre, but, yeah. Until I went through it, I had no idea. And I, I know C sections are it's not an uncommon thing. I had no idea how how full on it was. Yeah, massively full on. All right, we've spoken enough about birthing. Um, <laughs> Let's let's try and let's cheer it up a little bit. So, what's what's a pearl of wisdom that you're going to pass on to Jasper? What's something that stuck out to you that you think, oh, I'd like for Jasper to to have that in his toolbox? Well, I guess because I'm an overthinker, and because I'm I'm always worried and always about you know concerned about money and all that sort of stuff. It stopped me from doing a lot of stuff in my life, and never really thought about it until I met Em. And seen exactly like what she's done and how she's travelled the world, done all this sort of stuff, and and she's still in a good position now. At the end of all that, and I'm, there's definitely something I'm going to like pass on to him just to enjoy your life, just to um, like you've you've just got one life. You get one go. Yeah, yeah. And she's gone through pictures the other day trying to clear up, and Em sent me this picture, and she's highlighted something in the book she's reading, and it's just about that. It's you, you've got one life, and you've got to use it well. So I, I kind of want him to do it, and not just be a warrior all his life. I mean, I'm not a complete warrior. I've done some stuff and I've enjoyed it. But I don't know. It's just that and then be yourself. And I kind of, one of the other things is just important like thing when we bring in Jasper up, Em and my, just, just not to, just to say, that, like, I guess a lot of kids lie. I just don't want them to turn out to be a lying sort of kid. I just wanted to know, I think if you tell the truth, you, it's, it's going to be okay. Like you're not going to get in trouble. And if you get in trouble, it's okay. I think it's a good value. Just uh, it definitely is. There's a lot of mm. value in that, and it was um, someone from the Resilience Project, which is a program that we're doing at school, spoke about how you help your children not become liars by building trust around that. If they do stuff up, you don't burn them. That's right. If they have, you know, of course, there's severities in stuffing up. Like, but if it was, um, you know, you you broke a window. I'd rather you come and tell me exactly how it happened. And then I go, all right, well, it's just a window. We can fix that. I'm not going to burn you. You came and told me the truth. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, And there's a lot of value in that. And I think that's where a lot of parents can probably go wrong. And I'm not here to give out parenting advice because, as I said, I'm only 18 months into my journey. This is more of a school-based teacher thing. And it's something that we try really hard with the kids that are, you know, that do find themselves in planning room if you will um it's to not burn them yeah because once you burn them that's when the lies come in yes and if they've come up to you and they've been vulnerable and they've said i did this but then you go well here's your consequence then you've taken out all of their trust because you've burnt them they're probably not going to come and tell you if something happened next time they're going to form a lie in their head that they think is going to get them out of getting yelled at or the punishment there's still room for consequence but it's also there's room for conversation. And I think that's really um, pivotal. And I guess that's where it comes back to the parenting realm is you've got to be a team in that. You can't have one parent that's, you know, uh, the army approach of, you know, here's your punishment and then yes. the other one's the conversationalist. 
So I guess, yeah, it's building, building trust within the kids to, to not form those lies. I think that's a, that's a really lovely, lovely value to try and help uh, Jasper around. Yeah. Thanks, man. It's yeah. Yeah. No, it's something both me and Emmett's important to me because like in our relationship, we never lie. Hmm. And sometimes you do something and you, you have to own up to it and you know, you get disappointed, but you move on. And it's just like, I can talk about him, anything Em says and that's the truth. And it's kind of cool. Like you're not, you're not second guessing. I've had some friends in the past who've been liars and you don't really have a friendship with them because you, you can't have a conversation without going, oh, you might be lying, you might not. Yeah, a bit of mustard on that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And you've got to know where to draw the line. You just don't do it. And it's just, I think it's, yeah, it's a, that, that's how we want it to be. Absolutely. Um, what was when you, because I remember having a conversation with you when you fell pregnant, but what's one piece of advice that you got before you came a dad? Before I came a dad? Yeah. Um, what was something that someone said to you that stuck out? Yeah, it was, um, we have a really close friend of mine and Damien. It was actually Damien's close friend. He's basically his family. He's just like a, like a brother to us. Um, I was, again, a bit, you know, just unsure, freaked out, just trying to talk. and. He kind of just said, just be yourself. Like, don't try to be something else. Don't try to be this perfect father. Don't overthink it. Just, it's a natural thing. People have been doing it for years and you just got to be yourself because you can't, you can't, you can only fake it for so long. You can only like be someone different for so long and it's just going to become out to be normal. So yeah, just to, just have confidence in yourself and faith that you're going to be good. And, and I think I've tried to do that as much as I can. Whenever I just relax and go with it, it, it comes out well, I feel. And I don't know I just I love being a father, um, and you enjoy it, and you just got so much time because you love it, and you love the kid, the the, the boy, and yeah, Jasper, Jasper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but also I think you've got to be with the right person. Oh, yeah, you've got to be with the right person, and that really helps you to be yourself. Um, it gives you the environment to be yourself. It gives you the environment to role model that to your children as well. So hopefully that they can also be themselves, whatever yep. they want to be. They have a safe environment here at home where they can be. Um, so I think that's another really, really cool piece of advice that you got from him. All right, last question. Last question. You're in a time machine. Yep. You get to go back before you've had Jasper. Yep. What's one piece of advice that you would give to yourself? Yeah, okay, before I had Jasper. Yep. Um, just enjoy it. Like... I just, uh, looking back at that one second a day and just seeing all the changes and just seeing, seeing what, what's happened and sometimes you overthink stuff, sometimes you're too busy to, to just to enjoy the moment. Yeah, just enjoy the moment and just, just live in it. It's like I think in my head I'm always up, I always go for an end point. I think it's part to do with my job sort of thing. Like I have a problem, you've got to fix it, then move on. And like you just... With him, I think, you just little problems all the time you're sort of fixing. There's so much enjoyment and I'm getting that now. He's a bit older, obviously. You can interact with him. He talks to you. He gets happy, excited when he sees you. I come home and Em says, you can hear me pull up and he's going, dada, dada. So he's starting to put dada now that, that it's me. And that, that's, that's really cool. But, yeah, it's just, I guess, just stop and enjoy it. Um, I have enjoyed it, but not as much as I could. So. Yeah, no, I'm definitely like enjoying it now. Yep, I like that. I think that's um, definitely something that a lot of people could probably 
take yeah. away and, and would probably say to themselves as well as just relax a little bit more and enjoy it because yep. it is, it's one hell of a journey and you've only got it for so long. Mm. It was a scary thing That's right. that I heard you, um, you roughly get about 12 Christmases yeah, right. before they decide that they don't want to hang out with you anymore. Mm. And they want to hang out with their friends instead. So 12 yeah. summers, 12 really good summers. So make them count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you. It's been awesome. Thanks, I really, um, it's been a lovely chat. And yes. as I said, it's always been nice to sit in and um, shoot the shit with you. Um, and it's been really fun watching you grow as a dad, watching you and Em, where we thought um, Em might just do this all by herself. And she's found <laughs> someone that she really yeah. connected with. And now you have beautiful Jasper to go along with it. So, but yeah. thank you. I really appreciate it. Mate, really nice to talk to you. I was a bit like, I don't, I'm not a good talker, but it just felt natural. So that was really nice. And that's what I wanted to be. Perfect. Yeah. Right. Thanks, man. Cool. Cheers. <laughs> Oh man, that was, listening back to that, it was so good to sit down and talk with Tristan. Unfortunately, the video didn't work. I had it on the wrong setting, so there's something for me to look at for the future recordings. He was just so wonderful to talk to. He's passionate. Uh, you can clearly see that he loves being a dad. Even though he was nervous about being a dad, he, he certainly doesn't show that when he is doing it. Um, but he's definitely a well-calculated man. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was so comfortable sitting down and talking to him. So I hope you got something out of this as well. And join us next time on How We Dad. How We Dad is recorded on a Awabakal land. I'd like to pay my respects to past, present and emerging elders. I'd also like to pay homage to the rich storytelling history of this nation. And I'm glad that I can do it in my own special way. How We Dad is reported and produced by Jeremy Ford. 